0: For the last few weeks in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, we have been looking at uh, groups of people who are asking Jesus really hard questions, and they're asking him really hard questions in order to try to trick him, and a trick is purpose to lead someone away from the truth, right? And so Jesus isn't trapped by their tricks whatsoever, but in this passage tonight, Jesus turns the tables on them, and he asks them questions, two really important questions that are going to help us understand what it means that Jesus is the Son of God. And so the question uh, we want to answer tonight is, what did Jesus want them to know, and what does Jesus want us to know tonight? So the big idea for this passage is, Jesus is the eternal Son of God who has come to save us. All right, Jesus is the eternal Son of God who has come to save us. And I know some of you in this room um, Many of you in this room believe that, love that that's why we're here we're worshiping. And I know some of you in this room are questioning that, you're doubting that you're trying to figure out you know do you believe that and that's okay and Jesus is interacting with people in this passage who aren't sure what that means yet and Jesus is explaining it to them he's so gracious about that he receives our doubts and our questions, but he gives us great truth. he leads us to the truth, not away from it so What I want to do tonight is give you two truths about Jesus and then our needed response. So from verses 41 through 42, first truth about Jesus is Jesus is the Son of God, all right? Jesus is the Son of God. And we obviously celebrate that on Christmas. This is the time of the year where we're really focused on that. And verses 41 and 42 say, Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question, saying, What do you think about the Christ? whose son is he? And they said to him, the son of David. All right, so why did Jesus pose these questions to them in this way, right? These are the Pharisees, these are the elite, these are the teachers of everybody who is religious back in that day, and, but they didn't believe Jesus yet. They weren't submitting themselves under Jesus. So when Jesus asks them this question in this way, it put before them the critical moment of making a personal decision about Jesus. They'd heard a lot about him. They'd ask him a ton of questions. And now he's turning the question to them. And the question he asks is, whose son is he? And what that means is, is he the son of Joseph or is he the son of God? All right. Now, as you remember, if you've been with us since the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, Joseph uh, Mary's husband is never referred to as Jesus's dad. And the reason for that is because the seed that um, came for Jesus was from the Holy Spirit, not from Joseph. That's the virgin birth. And so the Pharisees have heard this. They're learning that. But here when Jesus is saying, he, who, is, who is he the son of? He's pointing out that he's come from God, that he is God. And that's the thing that he wants them to reckon with. Jesus posing this question in this way forced a decision for them. Is Jesus God or is Jesus merely a man? Did Jesus come from Joseph or did Jesus come from God? All right, so what did these Pharisees choose? It's at the end of the verse 42. They chose he came from a man. He's merely a man. They said from the line of David. So basically, these Pharisees in this moment gave a wimp-out answer, like a duck-the-question, non-answer sort of question. But we know that Jesus is the God-man. He's both God and he's man. He's man because he's from the line of David, Joseph, his dad, but he's God because the seed is from the Holy Spirit, right? That, that's horizontal, so he relates to us. That's Joseph, that's Mary, and he's vertical so he can redeem us. That's the Son of God, the seed From the Holy Spirit. So the title Son of God doesn't mean that Jesus is God the Father's offspring. One of the things that we think about a lot, like it's a bit confusing for us to think, you know, Son, the way we think about it, it is offspring or created. So, why Jesus is and why Jesus is called the Son of God, I want to give you four reasons really quick. And we have a slide for this to show you. The first reason is because of seed, right? Same way we would be called sons or daughters is seed. But for Jesus, the seed is placed by the Holy Spirit, not man. We get that from Matthew 1.20, as the Spirit of God is, is helping Joseph understand that. The second thing is name. Jesus, the Son of God, has the same family name as God, and no one else has that except God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. So name And we get that from Matthew 16, 15 through 20. That's when Peter is confessing Jesus is the Christ. The third thing is image and likeness. So when you're a son or a daughter, that you bear the image of the the parents. And so here, Jesus is called the image of the invisible God in Colossians 1.15. He's called the exact representation of God's nature in Hebrews 1.3. And then last is inheritance. The last one is Inheritance. Uh, Hebrews 1, 2 says, Jesus, whom God appointed to be the heir of all things. So this is Jesus, the son of God. This is why we understand him to be the son of God. So question, just as we're going, is what is your answer to the question, what do you think about the Christ? He's posed it to them. Let's let Jesus pose it to us. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And the Pharisees in that moment, they wimped out, they ducked the question, they non-answered. So what does Jesus do? In this moment, he full court presses and he follows up with them even more. So here's the second point tonight. Jesus is eternal and not created, all right? So he's doubling down on this. He wants them to understand this. He wants us to understand this, to not just think about Christmas and hymns and all that, but really to think through who he is and what that means for us. So, So Verses forty-three through forty-five say this. He said to them, How is it then that David in the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet? All right, so so Jesus in this moment just mentioned the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is a thousand years prior. Jesus is quoting Psalm 110 verse one. And King David said, the Lord, meaning God, the father said to my Lord, meaning God, the son, but the promised one, God, the son hadn't yet been born here on this earth. So how could David say that if Jesus isn't eternal, right? Do you see his point? If jesus isn 't eternal, how could David said the Lord said to my Lord, how could he have said that if jesus isn 't the eternal Son of God? what Jesus is pointing out to the Pharisees and us is that Jesus is eternal and not created so the other night, uh, we do this advent reading thing in our home during Christmas, and I, I really love it just it 's it 's scheduled devotional time for us as a family it's it 's wonderful and so um, our kids understand more and more over all of these years of doing this. And so now we read the paragraph and maybe we'll look at the scripture passage, but then it's kind of my time to ask them tough questions and just see where they are, you know, just lighthearted stuff before bedtime, right? So, so I asked them, um, I said, if Jesus, uh, when, when Jesus came during Christmas, right? Was that Jesus being born for the first time? Was that Jesus, not, was that Jesus being born for the first time, but was that the first time Jesus existed? All right, so, you know, little lighthearted living room conversation (laughs) for our kids, 14 down down to eight, right? Is this the first time Jesus existed? And uh, that's really the same question that Jesus is asking the Pharisees. Is this the first time that I've existed? Or am I eternal? And and my kids, I was so proud of them. They they nailed they nailed that answer. They're they're trying to figure out, they're like putting words to what they're thinking. I'm so I'm so thankful for their development and the way they're thinking about the Lord. Our answer to that question is really important. It's so important. It's why Jesus is asking the question: Jesus is eternal. And he's saying to these Pharisees, and we're celebrating tonight that Jesus took on human flesh after he put aside his eternal glory for a time. And now, since he is risen, he has that eternal glory again. So two things, if Jesus isn't eternal, he's not God, which means he cannot redeem us to God. And if Jesus isn't eternal, he cannot get us to heaven. But if Jesus is eternal, it means he is God he can redeem you and he can get you to heaven. So with these two big T truths, what is Jesus after? And that's this response, third point tonight from verse 46. And it's trust Jesus for who he is, the eternal son of God. Trust Jesus for who he is, the eternal son of God. So verse 46 says, and no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions, right? So the Pharisees that day did not trust Jesus for who he is, the eternal son of God, and it's a shame because he was right there, and there's all these moments for the Pharisees, the Sadducees, so many people that are interacting with Jesus, and he's right there in the flesh in front of them, and they're not giving their lives to Jesus, and we just want them to yield themselves to Jesus Christ and who he is and become a disciple of them. But yet again, for these Pharisees, they'd met their match. Yet they were unwilling to repent and believe and follow Jesus as teacher and savior and Lord. In this moment, for them, they were making a decision about Jesus, but it was to reject him, all right? Um, how many of you have seen those um, progressive commercials that are like, now you've become your parents. How many of you have seen those commercials? All right. So like literally when those commercials come on our TV, the kids will come and get me, right? (laughs) Those are the best. They're better than any TV show we watch. So the other week I was watching TV with Vanessa and I said, I said, babe, look at how clear that picture is. And, And in that moment, it hit me. I have just become my parents, right? <laughs> I just said, look how clear that picture is. And thankfully, I didn't call it a program, right? That we were watching. <laughs> like, look how clear this program is, right? And for, for, these, for these disciples in this moment, they're hearing Jesus interact with these Pharisees and Jesus keeps making it so clear. Like, look how clear this is. Jesus is God. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is eternal. It's so clear. Look how clear this teaching is. So trust Jesus for who he is, the eternal Son of God, because he's eternal, he can get us to God, because he is the Son of God, he can get us back to heaven from where he came. It's wonderful who Jesus is, why he came, it means God loves us. So Christians who are here tonight, as we continue to worship him, trust Jesus for who he is, the eternal Son of God. And I mean do that in your daily life. Because Jesus is the eternal Son of God, it means that you are loved by God. It means you are delivered from your sins. It means that he, you are sent as light into this world. And those here who are yet unsaved tonight, I encourage you, I urge you to confess Jesus as Savior. Confess him as who he is. Take him for who he is and don't try to change him. Just submit yourself under him. And follow him as teacher. You confess your sin and believe on him as Lord and Savior and you can be saved. It's exactly why he came. All right, so Christmas, meaning Christ Mass, like the the night that we gather to celebrate his birth, which is tonight, is about God the Son coming from heaven, born here, to grow up and offer himself as the perfect and only sacrifice to pay for human sin. God with us, God loves us, God saves us, and God sends us.